As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Some material may be disturbing and we do use adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To get access to new episodes, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Get in on the conversation on Instagram and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast, where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. But don't take our word for it. <laughs> now on to today's case. Shanann Watts and her two daughters, three-year-old Celeste and four-year-old Bella, vanished on Monday. Their startling disappearance triggering a statewide alert as police and the FBI focus on her home outside Denver where she was last seen. When I got home yesterday, it was like a ghost town. Like, she wasn't here. Kids weren't here. I have no idea, like, where they went. Chris Watts, Shanann's husband, says his wife, who's also 15 weeks pregnant, came home from a business trip at 2 a.m. Monday. The couple having an emotional conversation, he says, before he left home around 5 a.m. Watts says Shanann never returned text messages later that morning never answered the door when her friend arrived at the home at noon. Watt says he knew something was wrong. I was trying to get home as fast as I can. I was blowing through stoplights. I was blowing through everything, just trying to get home as fast as I can because none of this made sense. Police who have searched the family home and area with dogs say for now there are no significant leads. The 34-year-old doting mother's car still in the garage. August 13th, 2018. That's the most recent case we've covered. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome, guys. I did not think that's how you were going to start this one. Yep, I went right into it, didn't I? Yeah. All right. I mean, bold move, Cotton. <laughs> See if it pays off. Yeah. All right. So, August 13th, Officer Scott Coonrod is dispatched to 2825 Saratoga Trail in Fed... Oh. You were on such a roll. <laughs> in Fedrick... Colorado <laughs> uh, to do a well-being check on okay guys listen Shanann or Shannon here's what we have learned it was originally pronounced Shannon and she was married before she married Chris and after that divorce she kind of started just pronouncing it Shanann and like everybody now pronounces it Shanann even Chris and her friend Nicole but her parents still say Shannon, so it's confusing. But if she wanted it to be Shanann, I think that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's honor that. Yeah. So let's honor the commitment. Um, so it's we're going to go with Shanann. So 
Cute. That's Cute why. Times. Okay. So, um, so Officer Coonrod is dispatched to the house to do a well-being check on Shanann Watts and her two daughters, Bella and Celeste, who uh, went by Cece. So Shanann's friend, Nicole Atkinson, had called the police after she was unable to get in touch with Shanann basically all day. So this is almost two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then she had also learned that Shanann had missed her doctor appointment that day with the OBGYN. So Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant at the time. Um, she was diabetic. It was really unusual for her to be out of contact. And then on top of that, um, for her to miss a doctor's appointment was like, something's up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Nicole started to get worried. She ended up calling the police and saying, you know, can you just come check on her? Um, cause what she was worried about was that maybe something had like a medical emergency. She'd passed out or, um, her first thought wasn't that she was any foul play or right, something. Right, right. She was just kind of worried that like she wasn't feeling well or something like that. Um, so that's not how we operate. If something's amiss, we're like, who got murdered? Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing. Or like, if Andrew's a little bit late getting home, I'm like, he has died. Yeah. It's a hazard of the trade, I guess, but somebody shot him. Yeah. Some kind of a sex or drug trafficking (laughs) gone awry. I don't know. Yep. Always. Yes. Um, so, Nicole told Officer Coonrod when he arrived that she had dropped Shanann off at home in the middle of the night um, before. So this is a Monday. So Sunday night is when she got back from Phoenix. She had gone on a business trip and her flight had gotten delayed. So she ended up not getting home till almost two in the morning. Um, When Shanann was not responsive to texts, Nicole started to get worried. She thought maybe her doctor appointment went over like maybe she just went there by herself and for whatever reason they ended up doing some testing or something I don't know so she ended up calling the doctor's office and they said that she didn't show up to the appointment so um after she'd been trying to get in touch with her she found out she didn't go to the doctor's office Nicole just drove over there so she was there when the officer arrived um she said that she had spoken with Chris multiple times Chris Watts which is Shanann's husband and each time he had given her a different ETA and she even said something like, I'm not even sure if he's coming or I don't know if he's going to make it or something like that. Um, and you can actually watch all of this on the police body cam footage. I watched a lot. Um, and it is telling. Man. <laughs> um, so Officer Coonrod then called Chris and asked for the garage door code. So what had happened was Nicole and Shanann were incredibly close. They talked all day, every day, I think. And yeah. And Shanann knew, or Nicole knew their, their keypad entry to their front door. So when she tried to get into the house to check on Shanann, um, she tried to open that front door and there was like the little hotel latch thing at the top of the door. Kind of like a chain, but not like the thing that like bars it in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So she could only open it a few inches so she couldn't get in. So they tried the back door too, the back sliding door, but it had a bar at the bottom. So you couldn't get in that way, which is like such old, not even technology, but you know what I mean? Like that method of keeping a sliding door closed has been around. It's a tale as old as time. 
but it works effective yep mm-hmm. um and then the so the only other way in and out would have been the garage door and chris had the garage door opener with him um so but they did have one of those like keypad things on the garage door and so officer coonrod asked um i did a handy mime yeah, so that, yeah. it's helpful for the podcasting yep um so officer coonrod was like excuse me sir what is your code? I need to get into your house. Your pregnant wife could be in danger and we can't find your kids. And he's like, well, that doesn't work. Um, I'll be there like really soon. So just don't even worry about it. And he's like, okay. So he like, got that's there. telling all by itself, isn't it? That he's just like, there's no sense of urgency there, at all. No, there never was any sense of urgency. Like if any of you watch the, I'll post a link to it on the Facebook. Um, the, the Facebook yeah, like if you go to www.thefacebook.com, <laughs> yeah. you'll find this link and it will, that way you can see if you haven't already watched this, but like to just see his reaction and how slow he moves and how he's just like, Meh, I don't know, whatever. It, it's, it's really just fucking insane. Um, how, I don't, I don't know. He had to have known immediately he was going to get caught. Like, I just don't get it. But I don't think that he did. I don't know. We can keep talking. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Um, So once Chris finally arrived, he opens the garage door. And instead of, like, rushing in the house to be like, hey, where's the kids? Or, like, let me see what's going on inside. He stops at Shanann's vehicle. He's looking through the windows. Then he opens the car. He starts to, like, look through it for a minute. And then he finally goes into the house so like he's like i'm gonna take the car and get it uh, washed and detailed real quick and yeah then it's continue in the house it's insane like i feel like if i didn't know where my kid was i mean if you if you don't care about finding your wife or whatever fine but like you don't know where your children are supposedly you're gonna rush into the house right like it's just it's insane um so then he's in the house alone for a minute and 15 seconds before he opens the front door for the police and nicole and at this point a minute and 15 seconds it doesn't sound like a lot but when somebody's waiting for the somebody to come up to the door to open it like that's a fucking long time yeah they're standing there waiting and nicole is standing there with shanann's mom on speakerphone and she's like can we go in the house or what and the officer is like it's his house i mean if he doesn't want us to come in we don't we can't come in and her mom you can hear her she goes I give you permission to go inside my daughter's house and look for her and then finally Chris comes up and opens the front door and he doesn't say anything he just opens the front door and turns around and walks further into the house and like it's understood that they can come in but it's it's weird now obviously he's not inside looking under beds and shit for them yeah so what he should have done or what he probably was thinking was like, oh, fuck, because all of Shanann's stuff was still there, like her purse and all that stuff. And obviously she wasn't going to leave that. Yeah. What um, he should... Go ahead. Sorry. I was about to... Spoiler alert, but I think we already know. If you're... Sometimes yeah. this one's a pretty high profile case, so I'm pretty sure you would know about it. But yeah, there's a lot of things he should not have done or yeah. should have instead. Exactly. Um, so upon entering the home, Chris walks toward the back of the house where the kitchen is. He's texting on his phone. He's moving slowly. He's distracted. He tells Officer Coonrod that he's already been upstairs and that Shanann and the kids are nowhere to be found. He's probably, like, updating his profile. Like, so weird. Cops showed up at my house today. Hashtag invincible. <laughs> um, changed relationship status to single. <laughs> Like, what a fucking Whatever. asshole. Yeah. Um, 
so he tells Officer Coonrod. Oh, I already said that. Um, oh, so Officer Coonrod says, I just want to be sure she's not passed out somewhere. And he asks Chris for consent to search the house, and Chris agrees. So as they start to move through the house, Chris tells Officer Coonrod that he found Shanann's phone. It was in the couch in their, like, upstairs loft area. And he hands the officer the phone, and then he goes, well, shit. Like, like, oh, I should say something like, I'm disappointed to find this. It's such a bad acting job on his part. Like, um, when Nicole finds out that the phone has been located inside the home, which is obviously highly unlike Shanann she like so Chris kind of puts it down like on the banister at the top of the stairs you know what I'm not like a banister but it's like a shelf almost up there you know what I mean yeah I think so yeah 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 so she he sets it down or whatever she comes out of the bedroom and she sees the phone and she's like oh my god is that her phone and she touches it and her hand like comes off and she starts like flailing her hand like she's like trying not to cry she's she's very stressed out well and I think it's even more obvious how inappropriate he's acting compared to yeah Nicole yeah because she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is serious like yeah something is is really wrong Yeah. yeah and he's just like oh found her phone well shit like yeah like the juxtaposition yeah it's very very strange um so they learn that the phone has been manually powered off the battery is not dead and um when he turns it back on he's like oh I don't know her password and he's like it used to be four digits but now it's six and Nicole is like try the baby's due date and he tries that and it opens the phone I'm like wow Nicole should have been married to her yeah Yeah. Um, so during this time, Officer Coonrod asks Chris to give him a rundown of the last few days. Chris is telling him about the Arizona trip, the details of that morning. Um, what's interesting in the video that I watched of the guy using the police body cam footage to, he's like analyzing Chris's body language Hmm. while Chris is telling him like, she got home at like two in the morning. I was already in bed. She came to bed. You know, I got up at like 4.30 or whatever, got ready for work. She was still in the bed. I saw the kids on the monitor. Everything was fine. Like, whatever. He's like, I left and I went to work or whatever. Um, so this guy who's like doing the analyzing says that while Chris is telling him this, you can see because the body cam is like, you know, obviously on the officer. You can't see exactly where his hand goes, but you see his hand move from his side up towards his face somewhere. And the guy's like, if his hand is over his mouth, then he thinks that Chris is lying because when we hear news that either we don't like or we think somebody is lying or whatever, we will actually cover our mouths. And it was so funny because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm covering my mouth. Like, because I knew obviously that that was a lie but it was really interesting and I was like damn I went to a class or it was like a little seminar one time about it was like body language and um like things that are telling of somebody's personality based on like just little mannerisms that you do or whatever it was really interesting but they said like when you know sometimes if you're not feeling comfortable in a social situation if you like grab your thumb and put it in your fist it's a comforting thing because it's like your thumb it symbolizes your head and you're like just covering yourself like comforting yourself Hmm. in that way but they said if you say something and then you cover your mouth 
it means you wish you could take it back like you wish you hadn't said it but if you do that for somebody else it's what that means like you can tell that they're like oh fuck that was not the thing to say or like that's a lie yeah it's really interesting because it's so accurate mm-hmm. and it was so funny because I was like and it's stuff you don't even realize exactly you're doing. you have no idea you're doing it and I was already doing it and then he said it and I was like it's so read me like a damn book well and that's the thing I feel like for people who specialize in this or are experts in this they somebody is so telling and they can say literally almost nothing and you can totally like you said read them like a book it's insane. oh yeah Shit's wild. Yeah. Shit's wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Officer Coonrod asks Chris where the girls are enrolled in school. Since they were actually supposed to be in school that day, it would have been logical to maybe call the school and see if the girls were there. And he says, I mean, literally, he doesn't even look up from his phone and he's like Primrose. And he's just texting. He doesn't offer to call the school to check and see if they're there. I mean, this motherfucker mm-hmm. from the get-go officer coonrod was like you did it mm-hmm. like you don't have to be like a 10 year old would have figured that shit out totally i mean it's just i don't know what he thought he was doing because of his lack of fucks that he gave uh yeah so then we learned that the neighbor with the doorbell cam that is pointed at the watts home checked his footage and the only person leaving the house at all that morning was chris when he left for work so nicole's son nicholas went over and was talking to the neighbor and then he comes back over and he's like hey he's got how old is nicholas he's pretty young i mean i think he's like he would house it for the watts so he knew their house pretty well maybe he'd met this neighbor before but maybe late teens early 20s I trust Nicholas with my life. I know. I trust him implicitly. He's a good kid. I would give Um, him my social security number. Exactly. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he goes over and talks to him and... Investigative journalism. (gasps) Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Um, and he, he comes back and tells Officer Coonrod, like, hey, this guy has a camera and nothing has left the house since this morning. Well, when... Way to go, nosy. I mean, I don't know if the neighbor did, pointed it in that direction on purpose, but it's when potential nosiness pays off exactly and a lot of people have kind of criticized this guy for being nosy and i'm like well if it if it's to somebody's advantage i'll allow it but like also it's not like he pointed it at their house on purpose it just their houses are so close together that it catches that so when he goes back and looks at his footage he just he knows he knows what his neighbors do i know what my neighbors do i know like when they typically leave for work in the morning and that's the kind of stuff he's talking about i mean dad's neighbor they just look out for each other you know it could be something like that too where maybe he's just like well i've got this camera i'll just put it on their house too in case some suspicious activity happens and then looky here it pays off exactly just not the way chris wanted it to well chris can go fuck himself yeah so when when nicholas tells this to officer coonrod nicole shoots him a look like she's horrified because she she just i think it confirmed for her oh my god nobody has left the house since he left the house and they're not here so they left with him and um when they tell chris this chris is like what's what's going on what's going on and she's like yeah the neighbor's doorbell cam thing um says that nobody left the house since you left for work and he goes okay and like just walks away like trying to act like it's not a big deal you know he's like 
shit his pants. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's like sweating bullets. So then Nicole goes downstairs. She calls up. Do you think they could be at the pool? Because I guess they have a neighborhood pool. And Chris finally looks up from his phone and he kind of scoffs and he's like, the pool? And Officer Coonrod says, isn't there like a rec center down the street or something? And Chris is like, yeah, there's a pool down the street. I mean, I could go check. And um, so it's not information he offered up. And then well, he hasn't like, offered up anything. No. And then he's like, I mean, I could go check, I guess. Like, kind of cramping my style here. Yeah. It's like, reminds me of when I asked Ben, my <laughs> son, like, go put your shoes in the shoe spot or whatever. And he's like, oh, fine, mom. Like, okay. It's really inconveniencing him. Yeah. So Officer Coonrod then is like, are there any marital issues? You guys having any problems? And he's like, um, well, we were going through a separation and we're planning to sell the house and separate, but nothing's been filed yet. That's such a red flag. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the day that you're going to start, you've separated and your entire family is missing. Yeah. You have either a husband or a wife, the entire family is missing, and then you find out that there are marital problems. What? I mean, that's like, again... A tale as old as time. Exactly. And like, I just, what I can't get over with him is the no emotion at all. What is it? I just, I just said it's the no emotion. Okay. Yeah. I already said that. Um, but like when they're talking and they're in the closet and there's, there's times when officer Coonrod is asking him questions and his smile is like out of fucking control. He's just, like, smiling long and weird. It's so weird. He just has no emotion. It's like, all right. It's gross. If, yeah, it's gross. If you if you, if you you don't care to see your wife again or whatever and you're like, fuck it, if she wants to leave, she can leave, I get it. But you don't, I mean, we know the outcome. We know it makes sense now. But at the time, it's like, if you're claiming to not know where your children are, you have no urgency whatsoever. What if, what if she, what if you were going through a separation and she took them? Mm. aren't you worried like yeah I mean like you said I get the kind of like non-urgency or in-urgency that's that's a word ex-urgency sorry um with Shanann but your fucking children like that that should be top number one priority to you yeah and their safety exactly it's just very reminiscent of um Susan Smith Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and at least she could produce some tears. Exactly. Yeah. Like, this guy has nothing. And, like, it's just amazing to me that he thought, like, seasoned officers weren't going to fucking pick up on this. But everybody and then, does. They all think that they're smarter than everybody else. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, like, all of us. Yeah. No. We're we like fucking the figured smartest. you out. We're, like, the ultra smartest. All of us. Pound sign crime time have we talked about this before though about the literal best compliment that we've ever received in our entire lives no can we please talk about it real quick i'm so sorry i'm like super pumped and super excited about this case however i just need to shout it from the rooftops that somebody called us smart shares from clueless and that's like literally the ultimate it's the dream I know. I did not think you were going to do a Gidget reference today. (laughs) But here we are. Here we are. Anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. I just had to talk about it. This is like the part of the podcast where I brag about myself. Great. 
Um, okay, so then Officer Coonrod mentions the pool again, and he's like, does your wife go to the pool often? And Chris is like, well, uh, it kind of depends. I love your Chris voice. <laughs> and he le- he never looks up from his phone. Well, it never depends, or it depends. And then he's like, on a hot day like this, I'd say no. And wouldn't that pool be where you would go on a hot day? Exactly. So, like, I could see that logic if you're not planning to get in the pool. Like, when you first have a baby. And, like, Ben wanted to go to the pool, but Jesse was, like, too little, you know? He had just been born, and so he was, like, couldn't get in the pool. So, if it was really, really hot, we'd split up, you know? Like, Andrew would take him, or I would take him, and that's it. Totally. Because it's too hot for Jesse. But their kids are three and four. And she's pregnant. Yeah. Obviously not had a baby. Yeah, they're splashing their asses around in that pool. Yeah. Like, they're gonna... It doesn't make any sense. And I would think that that would be a place where she, Shanann would want to be. I would think so, yeah. yeah. And so, like, it ju- he just shoots everything down. Yeah. No, not there. No, not there. Oh, I've already called everybody. Like, whatever. Um, Her phone is in the home, in front of him. Like, he's just, he's always on the phone. On his phone or her phone? On his phone. But if her phone is there, like, who the fuck is he texting? Oh, true. I mean, later... We find out it's the mistress. Yeah, it's established that it's her, that he's... I mean, he's literally, like, on the phone with her almost all that day, pretty much. Um, And he was texting the realtor all day because he he was still moving forward trying to sell the house. And, um, like... It's like, yeah, I've got some uh, business to attend to at home, but it's nothing important. Right. And he's like, well, um... Yeah, so I got an alarm on my phone that the garage door was left open at 5.27 a.m. and it was never shut. And he brings that up three times. And Officer Coonrod is like, that was really suspicious to me because he felt the need to keep bringing that up. And that doesn't tell us anything. Like, even if the garage door was left open, she didn't come out of it. The kids didn't come out of it because the camera would have picked it up. Um, so after and her that, car was there. And her car was there. The car seats were there. the clicker thing. Because yeah. if the car... Well, the other clicker was inside her car. Oh, but it was unlocked, no? Or he unlocked it, maybe, when he got there. Because he got into her car when he got there. Yeah, he got into her car. They had two garage door openers, but one was inside her car, too. Oh, okay. So, either like, way, it was still inside yeah, the car. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, then he goes into the bedroom again, uh, and pr- I think he's kind of annoyed that nobody else has found it at this point. He comes out with Shanann's wedding band like on the edge of his pointer finger like he's holding it out on a stick like it's a dirty pair of underwear or something that he found and he just like looks at them and he's like whoa look at this like and he's like yeah it's her wedding ring and um Nicole shoots the officer another look and she's like oh fuck no like because obviously he's trying to prove that okay she got pissed and she took her ring off and she left he's like look at this you know and he's like trying to hold back a smile when he pulls that out it's disgusting like proud of himself or yeah something. I d- it's just so forced this whole thing yeah. like and it's it's really embarrassing for him because it's so obvious but he doesn't see it right yeah he thinks that he's like really sly yeah. and yeah if you go it. back and like watch this it's it's so yeah he had to like if he's seen any of it he's got to be like yeah like what the fuck was I thinking? Couldn't contain his giddiness about it. Yeah. Um, so now they go over to the neighbor, the neighbor's house. He goes by Nate to review the security camera footage. And during this time, while Nate is pulling the footage back up, the like Nat Geo channel is on in the background or whatever. And an image comes up on the TV of a baby like in the womb. I guess it's some kind of like maybe a pregnancy show or something. 
and Chris sees that and he he just turns and looks at the officer and he's like she's pregnant as well she's pregnant she's like 15 weeks pregnant and he's like oh and I'm like you wait like two hours to tell him this like it's so weird like what was even the significance of saying that at that point yeah yeah so I guess to make it look like he cares that she's pregnant and um so after they look at the footage and they see him loading shit in and out of his truck which we now know are the bodies of his family um he they're standing there watching it he has both of his hands on his head he looks he looks like he's about to have a panic attack and um after they look at the footage chris shakes his hand and then he literally like hightails it the fuck out of there he's like gone and um officer coonrod is like you go on ahead uh i'm gonna get this guy's information and so after chris leaves on the security footage you can see him loading things into the truck yes oh my so what he does is he takes his truck and he backs it into the driveway he backs the bed of the truck about halfway into the garage and then he's loading stuff. He takes fif- over 50 minutes to load his truck that morning. Oh, my God. So. That little piece of shit. Yeah. So he leaves and the neighbor looks at him and he's like, he's acting fucking weird. There's something off. And he's like, really? He's not acting right. And he's like, I'm telling you, he has never pulled his car, his truck into the driveway like that he's like he always parks it on the street and he's like what does he normally bring with him to work because they were asking him while they're watching it what do you have to load up and he's like oh I had to load up all my tools and uh gas can like I don't know all this kind of stuff my lunch my bag all this stuff meanwhile he's like a librarian or something yeah and the neighbor is like okay all he ever brings with him is his lunch a drink maybe and like a bag that probably has a computer in it he makes one trip he parks on the street and he leaves. I love this nosy man. I know. So it's like, obviously today, the day that his family ends up missing is a day that his actions that morning are drastically different than every other day that he's ever done anything. Totally. Like, there's something not right. And he was also like, he's sitting here and he's like moving back and forth all over the place. And he's like, he doesn't do that. He's chill. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's like, he's acting really <laughs> off. Bless you. He's like, I just, I don't feel right about it. And he's like, you know, honestly, my wife and I thought that something had happened to Shanann um, when she was on vacation because he was like, they have been fighting a lot lately, like screaming matches. Her Arizona trip vacation? Or she went to North Carolina right before that too. So one or the other, one or the other. But yeah, he was like, we honestly thought something happened to her because they fight a lot. And he was like, like, for him to say that, I mean... I know some people that they get into some arguments or like, you know, like, I don't know, discussions or whatever, but I would never be like, okay, if something happened to her, you know what I mean? Like that, my yeah. man never really goes there. Right. Yeah. So, and wow. this guy, it sounds like these people were pretty cordial neighbors and they kind of knew each other. Like they Obviously. probably liked each other. Like yeah. he, he probably was like, yeah, he's a cool dude or whatever, but he wants to know his something's wrong. And be like, he's super calm. He's usually, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, everybody described Chris as like really calm, a great father. They thought he was a great husband, like literally up until all of this happened. That's so scary to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I guess in a perfect world, you would display outwardly how you are inwardly, you know, like. Right. Always. But that's not how the world works, and I totally get it, but it kind of pisses me off because it's, you. we cover so many cases where they're like, 
I had no idea he was capable of this. And that's terrifying. Yeah. I don't really even know is. who you are. No. I'm, I'm scared right now. You should be, because you can't know who I am. <sighs> so, at this point, it's pretty apparent that Shanann and the girls left the house in the in in Chris's truck around 5:27 a.m. when he how many hours the into the interrogation or to into the investigation I guess this is probably like maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon damn yeah um so at this point officer Coonrod calls in the detective to assist him and during this time he also gets a phone call from Shanann's mother and she is like you need to check Chris's GPS on his work truck because I'm fucking telling you he did something to him <gasps> Like, she's adamant. You've got to check that truck. She's like, his work truck has GPS. You need to find out where he went. Um, God, I feel so bad for them. Yes. So, now let's uh, change gears a second. And let's get a little background on the Watts family. Sure. Shanann Watts was 34 years old at the time of her disappearance. She and Chris Watts met through Facebook in 2010 through his cousin's wife. Um, she apparently was like, you guys should meet or whatever. And <laughs> like that. <laughs> friends report that Shanann was not overly impressed with Chris on their first date because he was severely underdressed. Um, but after their third date, she started to warm up to him. Oh, wow. And I can understand this because my <laughs> first date... I forgot about this, yeah. With my husband, now husband, he was like, do you want to go on a date? And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's fine. And then he's like... But he was always cute. Well, he was cute, but he was like, do you... He planned, like, a picnic at the Parthenon, the park, or whatever. Precious. Or Centennial Park and, like, yeah, yeah the Parthenon. And I was like, oh my god, it's a romantic. And then he found out where I lived to come pick me up when we lived in Bellbuckle. And he's like, oh, oof. I'm not, why don't you just meet me there? Because I'd have to drive all the way from Franklin to Bellbuckle, then Bellbuckle to Nashville, then Nashville to Bellbuckle, and then back to Franklin. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm busy. Yeah, not my problem. Yep. And I think it should be noted that he had his head up his ass, A, but B, he was also very young. He was very young, which I didn't find out till after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, fellas. It can happen. Do it right on the first date. Yeah. And ladies, if he's not picking you up, uh-uh. unless you're just, like, not sure if he's safe, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, be smart about it. But be if smart. you feel like you deserve to be picked up, you fucking deserve to be picked up. You're even if it, right. Even if it costs them a 45-minute... Yeah. Yes, I don't care. It's not my problem. And also... The best relationship advice you could ever have is from Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and they pockets full grown. <laughs> Don't you love a white girl saying that? I can be white and like <laughs> Destiny's Child. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. I felt the judgment from you. <laughs> yeah. You were looking at me and you were judging me. <laughs> we're a marg and a glass of wine deep. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. For Torella, that's hammered. I'm hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After you have a kid, it's uh, it's basically like starting over. Cheers. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Cheers. 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 <laughs> We've never done like the whole drunk challenge. That could be a fun time. I think we're doing it right now. <laughs> what drunk challenge? Uh, Have you ever been on a thing called the YouTube? Not no, not much. Everybody does a drunk Unless challenge. It's to watch 
body cam footage. Uh, I'm guessing they're not doing that. Um, for tutorials, whatever kind of tutorial they have, they there's always like one episode or the ones that I've seen anyway. Typically, there's a there's a was a trend where it was like doing the tutorial but like drunk, and it's called the drunk challenge. So they'll like have an entire bottle of wine before like that Michaela Long girl and I keep sending you the videos and she's so oh, funny yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her name was Michaela Long but um she did it and it was so funny she had like an entire bottle of wine and then she accidentally fell asleep <laughs> and then she woke back up and had another <laughs> bottle of wine <laughs> so funny that's hilarious and then her friend came home and they were like having a dance party about it it was really funny that's funny <laughs> I love drunk history too so oh I know so we're yeah. doing it Okay. So, after their third date, she fell for him when she was feeling really ill, and he let her lay in his lap for over two hours until she felt better. And during this time... How many erections happened while he, she was in his lap? I don't know. I mean, a little penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Now you're, now you're airing out my marriage shit. <laughs> it's fun! <laughs> Every time I'm sick, Andrew's like, you need a dose of penicillin. <laughs> I mean, normally it's not. That's no. one thing you haven't tried. It's true. Um, so during this time, Chris weighed like 245 pounds, which is fine. But by the time that she goes missing, he um, <laughs> starts working out or something. That. I know. Yeah, he had started working out. So early 2018, he started working out and he got down to like one... Seven years? I, don't I don't know remember. healthy weights for men. I don't either. either. I just I know, know that like what he looked like when he got arrested was not what he looked like when they got together. Okay. He like once she started selling the Thrive stuff, they started doing that together. He started doing these shakes and started running and whatever. Well, they started like really you, focusing on their health. When you start, and it could have been, it could have been like what came first, the chicken or the egg. But when you start getting a, a mistress or you start trying to step out on your spouse, that's what I'm fucking worried about. Because oh, Andrew works out beefy. all the time. He's getting super buff. He's I'm telling beefy. you guys, this case is fucking with my head. Andrew's getting beefy. Who but, is she? <laughs> no, oh, he's we're going to fight when I get home. He's doing that for you. Although I wouldn't mind a taste. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So at this time, okay, so Chris was heavier, which is fine. That makes for a nice little lap to lay in, though. Oh, yeah. Comfy. Comfy yeah. stuff. And then, um, but Shanann had been diagnosed with lupus, fibromyalgia, oh. and she was having a lot of migraines. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So she, angel. yeah, she wasn't feeling very well a lot of the time. So I think, and this was like right after her, I mean, not directly after her divorce. I'm not sure how long after her first marriage ended that she started dating him. But, you know, I think she probably was like, okay, I have some health issues, like, Maybe she wasn't expecting somebody to be so supportive, and he was, and so she was like, okay, this is a really good guy, like, I really like him. And somebody's just, like, paying her some attention in, like, a really sweet relationship yeah. way. So, yeah. yeah, and then by all accounts, like, everybody said Chris was absolutely smitten with her. Even like, her parents? Yeah, her parents really liked him. Okay. His parents hated her. Whoa. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. I think that they thought... I think part of their problem with her was they thought that her health problems were made up or over-exaggerated, and then the girls had some allergies, too, and they, I think, didn't really think that was true. Well, I've heard of some people who don't even believe that fibromyalgia is an actual illness, which I don't, I mean, I don't know. People can be really, really critical and harsh. 
Well, there's a lot of medical conditions that are, there's a term because they don't know what it really is. So it's like if it's pain that's unexplained, they're going to call it fibromyalgia. And like if you have digestive issues that they can't figure out, they'll call it irritable bowel syndrome. Chronic pain is a real thing. It is a real thing. Like, and I cannot imagine what you have to go through, especially as young. I mean, not that anybody deserves it, but being that young and having that to look forward to the whole rest of your life, that's terrible. Yeah. And it zaps your energy to be in pain. Like totally. Yeah. And when you have kids, it's tough. God, your energy zapped. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for finishing that sentence <laughs> with the word anyway. Couldn't be bothered. Um, so the following year after they started dating Chris proposed, and then they were married in November of 2012, and so they're both from North Carolina. Their families live in North Carolina, and after they got married, they moved to Colorado. For why? I don't know. For Thrive? No, she wasn't doing that yet. I'm not oh. sure. So, they just they just moved. Right. Don't ask me questions I didn't research. Oh, my God. Make me look like an idiot. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So they moved to Colorado and they have a house built. So the house they have built is the house that we're talking about on Saratoga Trail. Okay. Um, And Chris's parents, like I said, never cared for Shanann and they didn't even go to their wedding. Like they refused to go to their wedding. Fuck. His parents sound like fucking dicks. I was going to say that's, I mean, it's one thing to like. No, like, I, I, okay, she's not my favorite or whatever. Sure. But, but not to go to the wedding? And the entire thing, like, just from what you said about how they felt about her and why. Oh, wait till I get to the North oh, Carolina trip. No. Just wait. Okay, I'm, like, super ready for it. <sighs> Fucking pissed. So, by 2015, they got in really bad financial shape. They were upside well, down on their mortgage. Yeah, so their house was over $400,000. They're upside down on the mortgage. They maxed out credit cards. They filed for bankruptcy. Chris had to sell his car, but they were able to keep their home. So around this time, he got a job at Anadarko Petroleum, which is where he worked when all of this happened. Oh, Lord. So... Because of the oil drums. <gasps> yeah. So he got a job there, and they ended up giving him a work truck. So now they have two cars, and then Shanann got a Lexus SUV. So it's yeah. a luxury. Yep. Yep. So if you're she thinking that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you're thinking that they reined it in on the finances, finances, the finances, <laughs> um, you'd be wrong. So by the time Shanann and the girls went missing, the couple was basically almost to the point of having to file bankruptcy a second time. They were receiving delinquency notices for their almost $3,000 a month mortgage. Damn. And Shanann had recently withdrawn $10,000 from Chris's 401k to make payments on, like, to catch up on their mortgage payments. But, like, so what happens when you have to file bankruptcy a second time? I don't know. Yeah. But it didn't sound like... Because they even got to keep the house after. So maybe they'd be in danger of, like, not having the house. I mean, I don't know. Because I don't know what... I mean, like, do you have to put something up collateral to file bankruptcy? Or, like, I don't don't know know what happens It didn't sound like there was really any... Repercussions? Yeah. So I don't know. But probably you just can't, like, get a bunch of credit cards. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Yeah. Build or borrow. Well, you would think, but they still have this house that they owe a ton of money on. They're still, they've still got credit cards. And yeah. Chris said that... So what is the point of filing bankruptcy then? 
I guess you just get to wipe it clean. I mean, I, I'm not really sure, but I know that whatever that was, it didn't deter them. According from the- to Chris, Shanann handled the finances. He didn't know what was going on with it. Bad idea. If, if he's being truthful, which yeah. clearly he's I mean, only truthful. I think we everybody knows somebody who only one person in the marriage controls it. Like, in my marriage, my husband has a better handle on it, but I have all the logins. I know where we are with stuff, typically. Yeah. yeah. It's like... And we're like, we communicate. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like, we know where things are going. I'm not blind out here, where it's like... Right. Know yeah, it's like, I have no idea. On. So, the way he acted was that he, like, didn't have passwords, couldn't get into any of it. He had absolutely no idea. He didn't know what credit card she had. When the police found her like purse and everything and her wallet still in the house they said does she have any credit cards missing or anything they're thinking her husband is gonna know and he's like i don't know what she has yeah he had no idea what she carried he's like i don't know i couldn't tell you what she carries what she does but and i don't know what would, she uses i mean not that anybody believes that or whatever but like for him to say that i can understand why he would because that would play in his favor like I don't. I didn't know how bad off we were. Why would I want to kill my oh, wife right, right, because right. of the insurance or whatever? That's true. That's that. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Oh, I didn't know about the finances, so I don't know. Yeah. Although he, I don't have a motive. Right. His mistress did say to the police that Chris had told her that obviously she thought he and his wife were like separated and you know whatever, but that um they were quote-unquote house poor that you know So he did know oh so you have seen the movie (laughs) motherfucker jones (laughs) um so yeah i mean you know you obviously like you said chris obviously tells the truth about everything so yeah did he have the logins i don't know because when he tries to say well you know what i just i don't know if there's been any bank activity i don't have the logins the police are like then fucking call the bank like There are ways... I you just, can't just be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like Chris feels like if he's just not ready or willing or whatever... Yeah, if he, if he just, just says, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, they'll be like, oh, he doesn't know. Do yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. All right. We'll just think of... We'll just go somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. Also, that uh, podcast, Crime Junkie, um, they would never listen to us, but... They hey, might. We don't know. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Britt. Hey. Um, they... Love you. I've heard them do a thing where she talks about, like, the if I go missing file or whatever. So, like, they say you should give somebody that you're really close to. Because, like, say you do go missing and you have to find, like, your phone records or whatever. You have to get a subpoena. And, the, like, the police have to get a subpoena. And then they have to contact the phone company. Well, that okay. can take forever. So, after this podcast, let's get together. And We're going to have to exchange passwords. Yeah. <laughs> you should never do it with your husband. I'm sorry. Like, I love my husband. But he could kill me. So, it has to be... I doubt you'll kill me. I would never kill you. Yeah. So, we have to, Unless like, I wanted to, like, wear your face as mine because you're beautiful. <laughs> That's creepy and also really sweet. Um, <laughs> but... So, yeah. They're, like, you know, give somebody that information and, like, your bank account information. All that shit that, like, it takes so long to get when people go missing. Like, if somebody just has all the logins so- that you really trust... Yeah, for then sure. Then you can just get right into that stuff and see, like, where the last place somebody was. For sure. For Shanann, unfortunately, that wouldn't have worked out very well because there was no activity. But, I mean, they still, they cracked this case in a couple days, but... I feel like they cracked the case in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. They were like... Yeah. Yeah. But, um... 
I don't know, it's just a good idea, I think. To be continued in part two tomorrow. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.